Hello everyone and welcome to another Game of Thrones Tower of Babel Breakdown. This is for Season 5, Episode 9, A Dance of Dragons. And uh, I'm Julian. I'm joined by my book reading co-host, Daniel D'Souza. What's up? Uh, for those who are new to the show, we talk about the show as a show. We don't spoil anything from the books. Not Again, and this has been more constant lately. Not that we can really do that anyway, because the show is kind of overlapping the books now anyway, which is fine. It's almost the reverse, yeah. Yeah, so we could spoil... Yeah, so if you're worried about book spoilers, um, and that's, this time I mean spoilers for the book, you should probably just stop watching the show altogether. <laughs> um, or at least until the rest of the books come out. I want to, hey, but I'm just going to go on a tangent here. Do you think people are doing that? They're like, they don't want to be spoiled for the books and have stopped watching the show because I'm, I'm on the fence about that. Like I've, I've thought about it. Really? Yeah. Well, they, uh, well I, <laughs> especially this week, because like, things are starting to get to that point where things from the book will be spoiled. I'm not sure how I want to do this. I'm hoping the sixth book can come out before next season starts and that way, you know, it can, I can stave it off for a bit, but I, I don't know. would be, I would be, that's a little, that seems optimistic to me, to be honest. That's a bit optimistic. We have a whole other year uh, till the, till the next season. And he's said he's working very hard on this one. So I'm hoping that it months, comes up Dan. before that. 10 months and yeah. you, no signs. I mean, wait, wasn't there a piece of the book that was released? Didn't he release well, he's like released a, a couple sample chapters? Yeah. Okay. A few of them. And you haven't read any of that, obviously? No, I, I, I might do it actually. I don't know. People keep telling me to do it. I, I never really read them because they're so out of context that you, it's just yeah, like a I, little tease. Okay, well, I mean, I think you, if that happens, you know, good for you, but I mean, you obviously are, you, you're kind of precluded to having to watch the show unless we want yeah, to just I cancel know. this podcast altogether. Um, I'm sure I'm going to keep watching it. I'm just going to be watching in protest. Okay. That's, that's not, I mean, that's not a good way to, that's not a, that's not a way to enjoy your life, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, before we get into the show, I just want to make a cup, um, uh, a couple uh, shout-outs to some fans who wrote in and said some really nice things. It was really nice of them. Um, and then we have also one correction to make that uh, one of our fans made as well. Um, so if you want to get a hold of us like these people did, make sure to send us emails at towerofbabblepodcast at gmail.com um, or comment on the site. We have When I post the show, head to the site, leave a comment below. That's always awesome as well. Um, or follow us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast and join our conversation. We usually have a good uh, d- dialogue going on, especially right after the show um, on Sunday nights, Monday mornings. Um, I'm on Twitter usually talking about it. So um, I just mentioned that uh, Pace left a, left a comment on uh, the site. Pace, I'm not sure um, well, what the last... I'm not going to say the last names. I'm just going to go with the first names, right? That makes sense. Um, you know who you just, are. Yeah, exactly. Just mentioning that uh, they just found us, like, both of our podcasts, this Game of Thrones Breakdowns and the Tower of Babel podcast, um, which we should have a new one uh, this week. Uh, so look forward to that. And uh, he just, he's enjoying it. Can't wait to listen to it every week. And then we have um, Kate also sent us an email mentioning that she listens to 12 Game of Thrones podcasts every week, which seems like a lot, but says ours is the best. <laughs> so high praise. That's really the uh, that's really the takeaway there, um, and then she does bestow a title upon herself, saying she's our number one fan. Um, if anyone wants to challenge that, um, <laughs> we're totally okay with that. <laughs> Thanks um, for the shoutouts, guys. Yeah, but yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, and then finally, uh, we do have a correction to make, and this one feels really good because Dan loves being right all the time. I don't know if you guys know this; he enjoys. Um, just, it's not even about enjoy... enjoying it. It's just, I just generally am. You know. Oh, what I mean? Okay, so that's uh, that's it. Just happens. Oh, okay. 
Uh, anyway, Chuck uh, wrote in and said that uh, last week Dan was um, talking about the uh, the origins the of the word. word, yeah, of the F word, and Dan thought it came from the term fornication under the consent of the king, which apparently is a widely believed misnomer, and the origin yeah. of the word uh, fuck is just. I'm just just like any other English words, not that exciting. I read that thing that he, it, it was like a like a Scottish sort of slang that just kind of seeped in or something like that. Okay, well, I don't know. Hey, thanks for letting us know. It's one of those things like you. I've heard my entire life. I've never really bothered to fact check, but yeah. <laughs> isn't that? Well, I guess that's kind of. A, are we supposed to do that more often? I mean, as a as people, we should just be willing to check our facts more often. I suppose I really, that that's one of those ones. You know, I, like, I'm not yeah. going to check that before the show. I wasn't even planning on saying that, really. Right? Like, just right. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Daniel, you don't have but to no, justify. But no, it's it's, it. uh, you just it's good information. You're wrong and move on. I, I, I was wrong. I'm the problem. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so let's get into the show. This episode is directed by David Nutter, and he I think he directs next episode as well. Um, and you might remember his name because he also directed the Red Wedding episode. Um, he's a really great Game of Thrones director, um, and uh, we'll talk about our overall feelings at the end of the episode. We'll save it for then, but. Um, Dan thinks that we might have some disagreements this week. We'll see. We'll I see. feel like we're going to disagree a lot this week. Okay, so let's start at uh, Stannis's camp. Um, and we immediately pick up, uh, I guess, after uh, uh, Ramsay's little conversation with Roose about his needing 20 men to do something. And we find out right away what he, what he, what he pulled off. Um, lights ignites the the camp on fire but not everything he just lights the food stores the siege weaponry yeah yeah, and the and i guess some horses are on fire um and uh, i guess killing horses that's a that's a pretty like strategic Mm -hmm. move as well so it's very effective yeah um the best part of this scene is that melisandre comes out of the tent and sees all this fire and she's all about fire we know that um and uh she comes out and she's clearly had no idea this was coming she was completely thrown off by this. <laughs> like, the look on her face, she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, and if you're Stannis, you're like, how did you not see this coming, you know? Yeah. She looks in the fire every day to, to predict the future, and she can't see this happening. She can't predict the fire in the future. Like, that's that's your one job. Your one <laughs> job is to predict that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, anyways, it, it takes the takeaway here is that his raid is a complete success. It just it was it complete, worked whole cloth entire like without fault i mean i it's they don't explain how it like how they did it but it's like with 20 guys they went in through an entire camp mm-hmm. and somehow managed to, it's a bit it's a bit fishy i mean like it's like okay, all they say is that the it. the northerners know their land better than stannis's men so they, they use that one a lot they anyway. there was secret tunnels or some bullshit out of it there's no secret tunnels it's, in the middle it, of it. i know i know but it's it's, per, it's perfectly vague like they just they're yeah. in the north so north winds okay all right, yeah. All right. It's like when uh, you're playing. It's like when you're. I'm gonna make this is a really nerdy reference. It's like when you're playing. Was it Gwent? Gent in uh, Gwent in yeah. Witcher, and you yeah. use like uh, like an air like cold or like rain or whatever, and it works. Mm-hmm. It's, it you know it gives you advantage depending on which ones which characters you have on the on the board. I like that. <laughs> um, what else? What else? Bye. If, if well, whatever. In the in Gwent, each faction has its own perks, and one of the perks is I think the Nilfgaardian Empire wins ties or something like that. I think that's more accurate. Well, yeah, that well, that and the the Super nerdy. the Northerners something something to do with cold, like they don't lose as many points or something. To do with, I'm not sure what. I can't remember. Either way, 
That's not. This is not a Witcher Either three. Either way, play the Witcher breakdown. Yeah. yeah, it's a good game. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's awesome. <laughs> um, then, so the next scene, we get a kind of a recap of everything that happened. Stannis is awake now, so he has something to say. Um, he's obviously pretty pissed off about it. He fi- he tells the people to find the, whoever was on guard and hang them. Um, which I guess you know, to be fair, they pretty much were the. the that was their only job and they completely failed at that so yeah um he then okay that the part here that again the takeaway at this little scene is that he spots shireen in the, like the at, after he's like everything's pretty much lost he spots shireen and then we are like oh no please no 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 <laughs> and that's the majority of this episode yeah is it? a lot of no 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 um i again like there's a lot of these scenes are just like build up for things that are coming later and specifically in this with this um this stuff that's going on at stannis's with stannis mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know uh i'm, I'm, st- I'm not sold on uh, on all this so far but we're only two scenes in um so then we have davos is you know he meets with uh, stannis and uh, he's sent away essentially um he, <sighs> He sends, where is he? Send Davos back to the Black, the, the Castle Black, to get yes. supplies? To, no, to command John to send however many men he can, like as many men as he can, help Stannis win. And then once Stannis wins, he promises the Night's Watch will be full of men. He'll send them all the traitors. Yeah, but I, I guess, but I mean, he's supposed. To, how long is he supposed to wait until he somehow gets to the Iron Throne? You know, I mean, like not only that, but the, the Night's Watch takes no part in the wars of. Yeah, that also he can't. Like John, there's no way he can do he, that. And he knows in his heart that John won't do that. Yeah. I think. So it, I think what's going on here is that he knows that Davos is going to counsel him against the decision he's about to make, right? And he doesn't mm-hmm. want him there to kind of make him. He doesn't want him there to guilt trip him. Is really what it is going on. So he's he's sending him the away. voice of reason. Yeah, and like, what do you think? Why, if you're Stannis, why would you make that decision? Why would you think that it's a good idea to send someone you trust away? Is it only because you know you're going to do something that, like, you know you're going to do something and you don't want them there for it? Like, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not following here. Partly, like, I'm not sure if at this point Stannis is fully made by his mind, and then he, he maybe is, he, like, he's desperate, so he's looking for any answer. So he's sending Davos, that's one potential answer, but... But I think um, he knows it, that he that's... He becomes a, more and more desperate. I think pretty sure he knows that's a fool's errand, right? Like, yeah. he knows he's sending him there. Like, even Davos is like, why can't you just, you can just send a guy on a, like, a... a on a horse, you know, just anyone can go and do make and send that request. Mm-hmm. I mean, he makes a comment that, you know, he can always just say no to that person, but he could also say no to Davos, so it's like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, and he would. Um, I, I guess Stannis, if he knows what he's going to do, he's assuming that he's going to win the war afterwards because of this, but if Davos is around when Stannis chooses to burn Shireen, yeah. Davos would be dead too. Davos would die for her. He would, he would not allow it. Okay, yeah. So maybe it's like an, an easy way out of that problem. <sighs> I don't know. It, it, Stannis, it, Stannis does a good job reminding us how much of a dicky uh, he is um, this episode. Mm-hmm. Just um, after we started to like him. Yeah, just classic Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, next we get our first ep- uh, name drop of the episode, which is just the name drop of the episode itself. Um, it's said a bunch of times in this episode, but it's all, all in relation to a book in Game of Thrones called The Dance of Dragons. And all the book readers are like, hey, I read a book that's called Dance of Dragons. <laughs> um, no. Which is, I don't know, I guess, 
I don't know. Did they mention something like that in the book? In the books at all? Like this? Okay, for, for the book, the book that uh, the book we just read is called "A Dance with Dragons." Oh, okay. Completely different. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but um, no, the Dance of the Dragons is like a piece of Westerosi history. It happens a couple hundred years earlier, and it's it's a book that's often referenced within the books. Okay. All right. It's it's just a piece of the history that people like. It, like it's like generally like widely known knowledge. Yeah, and it's about two Targaryen siblings that were warring over the throne. Uh, they're I think they're half siblings or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, it, but it's hard. It's, it's more than like, they, it splits the entire realm in half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's for sure a lot of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, and like the, the, I think Shireen mentions in this episode that the Targaryens never fully recovered from that. Like their their family was never. As strong, um, at, at its as strong or at its peak, after that. Okay. And obviously, like, and most of the, the dragons s- died. The story obviously parallels um, a little bit, like with what Stannis did with his brother uh, Renly, um, mm-hmm. and uh, like mentioning that like when wars drag on, countless lives are like are innocent lives are are are, are sacrificed or wasted essentially, um, and uh, yeah, I mean that that's an interesting like parallel. I mean, that's just cool. To, this little nod, I like that. Um, you got to feel bad for uh, so Davos is here. By the way, that's the scene. Is Davos comes in to see Shireen. Shireen is reading a book. It's called Dance with Dragons. About that, um, you can tell he kind of knows what's going to happen here. I think everyone but her kind of knows what's going to happen here. Which is, I don't think Davos knows either. I think he has a pretty good idea. I think Davos has a feeling like he he's worried about her because there's like, she, there's no place for a child in a siege like I, that, and, and the winter has finally come. But I don't think he knows what Stannis is going to do. I think he already does because he knows full well what he was there when Melisandre pitched the, the idea in the first place. Um, wasn't he? Was he? No, I think that was a private uh, scene between the two of them. I mean, yeah, he might have been. He might have left the tent at that point. Um, yeah. The only thing I would say, like Davos, if he knew what Stannis was planning, if he knew f- f- within a certainty that Stannis was going to do this, he would have smuggled Shireen out. He would have sacrificed his own life. He wouldn't have just left her. Yeah, that makes sense. He put it. He put himself on the line when he he um, he smuggled Gendry out of Dragonstone because Stannis was going to burn Gendry, and, and Davos has very little connection with Gendry. Yeah. He, he and Shireen are much closer. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I, he gives her a present, a, a little like wooden yeah. stag. It's really cute. Um, I guess we should mention the Davos did say he wanted to take Shireen to the to Castle Black with him, um, mm-hmm. and Stannis said uh, told him to you know, screw off essentially. Um, it, the, all these scenes, when watched it, like again in retrospect after what happens later, once you know for sure what's happening, are much much sadder, um, which is even harder to you know <laughs> to talk about. Um, it's it's just. Uh, it's so sad because all these scenes of Shireen, she has no idea until the very end. And even at the even right before mm-hmm. it, all, it happens, it's like she's like not convinced it'll actually happen. She, I mean, it's just so sad because she's a kid, right? Like, if it was, if it was most, if it was almost anyone else, we wouldn't care as much, right? Um, it's not. It's, she's a kid and she's betrayed by her father, and like she thinks she's helping him, and then she realizes that yeah. he's not there to protect her. There's oh god, and it really like. There's just too. There's been too many nice scenes with Shireen this season for her to not end up being dead, right? Like it's just one of those things where you just don't get that many kind of scenes in, in Game of Thrones with one character without something bad happening to them later. Um, mm-hmm. So now it's time for Stannis to to visit Shireen, um, and this scene is even more sad than the last one, especially in retrospect. <laughs> she tells um, she tells Stannis about the story she's reading about the Targaryens. Um, again, about the parallels. I think he probably sees those as well. And then, um, 
and then Stannis asks her about making decisions, about making tough decisions, um, and uh, makes a line. The, the, the part that I took away from this, like the the line that I took away the most from this scene, was the uh, line from Stannis that says, "Sometimes a person has to choose. If a man knows what he is and remains true to himself, the choice is no choice at all. Um, he must fulfill his destiny and become who he's meant to be, however much he may hate it." Which it it speaks a lot to Stannis's character that he's resigned mm-hmm. to having no agency in these choices anymore, where he's just he's a like a slave to his destiny, um, to what his perceived destiny is. He had no matter he thinks that to get to that end, he had whatever happens is just you know the meet the uh, the ends justify the means, uh, all the time, essentially. Um, I mean, this has to. I mean, again, this is obviously not an easy decision for him, but he's that. There's mm-hmm. at this point, I mean, Davos makes it pretty clear. There's no, there's, if you stay and nothing changes, you lose. If you're Stannis, you, and if he's refusing to go back to Castle Black, which he is, there's nothing he can do. I mean, without food and without horses and without siege, siege equipment, he's not going to win at uh, at Winterfell. At Winterfell, um, <clears throat> and it just. The, again, that there's that scene, the line from Stannis, and there's the line from Shireen where she says the same thing that he said to her um, a couple episodes about, um, "I'm Princess Shireen of the House Baratheon, and I'm your daughter." And you're like, "Oh no, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> and like, really, your heart breaks for and her. She says she would do anything. She wants to help him in any way she can, and you just see like, because like, he's conflicted to that up until yeah. this point, and then like, it's the decision is made. In yeah, that and scene. she she helps him make this decision, which is why it's what's even more heartbreaking um so let's get to that scene um in question uh we see shireen being guided out under guard um and pretty slowly she comes through this crowd of people she sees like the stake yeah the stake i guess like the the bonfire uh she sees melisandre there she's got a little smirk on her face um and right away she's like oh she knows at that point she think knows you know things aren't good like something bad is happening right she starts calling for her father so to me is i'm not sure it's not framed very well i, I don't like this the way this, this scene is shot particularly because it's not the spatial awareness isn't very clear like uh, she's on the stake mm-hmm. are we supposed to believe that stannis is standing behind her so when she comes out he's still she still can't or far enough away that she can't make yeah like, we, something we, like we're supposed to believe that she can't see him and she he can see her right um but it that's, yes. it's not just not very clear i don't like i didn't like that uh particularly well uh or i didn't think that came across particularly well um and uh so she's led to the thing it's lit on fire you can hear her screaming for her father it pans away thank god um and we see mm-hmm. like the screams are pretty much like from like a, a a little girl burning to death that are pretty much like unbearable to listen to. Um, we have, um, what's Stannis's wife's name again? Celise. Celise. Uh, she has like a last second change of heart, but which by the way, I, I just want to make a comment here is completely bullshit. There's no, that, that should not have happened. Um, I think that's a mistake. <laughs> I think this show actually made a mistake by doing that because there's not one like redeemable scene that that, characters had the entire series we the first time we see her she's smiling because she's burning her like her family and like cousins on lighting them on fire yeah. because they're infidels like 
there's no there's i don't think the scene is meant to redeem her in any way it's just if anything it's her getting what she deserves like she realizes what she's done and she there's no there is nothing that would i'm not saying that like redeeming you're right it's not redeeming but there's no reason to believe that she would that she would actually even feel that way based on all the action she's she we've shown we've seen from her she doesn't even she's never even liked shireen for god's sakes why should we why should we believe that she would care for her now i think no i i like it this way like yeah you're right she's been very much she's kind of been a dick to shireen too she's told dennis that she's ashamed of shireen that she should have given him a son or Mm -hmm. not some deformed monster but now like it's too little too late and now she cares and now she's going to be tortured with that memory and with the fact that she was complicit in it like that's like a twilight zone thing you know it's, it's her following the prophecy to a t and it ending up screwing her over no i i agree that there's that shit it's gonna be it's kind of it's it's <coughs> her getting what she wanted and it's not being what she wanted right the idea is yeah. that yeah she's a mother so she obviously loved her her child obviously stannis didn't react the same way he was much more stoic in the whole thing. Obviously, his face did read a little bit As he, um, of, like, maybe not regret, but of just, of, like, just discomfort, discomfort. Yeah, pain. Um, but I just don't think that, that we've... There's... Characterization-wise, not so much, like, extrapolating based on... We know that she's a mother, extrapolating that, no. I mean, based on what we've gotten, there's no reason to believe that she would react that way, which is why I think mm-hmm. it's a mistake. Yeah. Um and also, you don't really need to care about Salise. I don't think she's going to be a big part no, of the I, show in the no. future either. Um, so another issue, I have another issue with this whole thing as well, is that we kind of predicted this might happen, uh, like, what, three, four episodes ago? When we had the, when when we picked that scene with Stannis and Shireen as like our favorite scene of the episode. Pretty sure it was last episode. No, no, no. That was not our last. That was the one when he said, "You know, you are Princess Shireen of the House Baratheon, and you are my daughter, and blah blah blah." And they have a hug. They hug it out. Oh, that, that they're still at Castle Black. Yeah. That was like three up, two, three episodes ago. Um, when that happened, we we kind of predicted this this that Shireen would meet an untimely end, right? Um, and it bugs me that the show's become so. And we've talked about this this like phenomenon before that the show's become predictably unpredictable, right? So in a typical story. Shireen would not be burned at the stake. Something she would something would happen. She would be saved at the last second, whatever, right? But we know that Game of Thrones isn't like that, so we know that that she is end up going to end up that way. And we know that because we got scenes setting up how awesome, like these really great scenes, we know that, and because of how the show works, that those scenes are really only designed to make you care, so that they can, you know, pull the rug out from underneath you later on. It, I don't like. I don't know what the answer is, like how to how, what you do to prevent this from happening in the future, like how you how you stop this predictable unpredictability, which I I've I, I've been coining it. I like I still disagree with you about all like I, we I, we've always thought about this. That I don't think any part of that was predictable, even the way you just define it, because I don't remember you saying that that episode. I think you said it last episode when Melisandre suggested burning Shireen, which at that point you're you're predicting a coin toss. Yeah, you know, it's no, 50/50. but that's not yes. I mean, yeah, it's a lot easier to predict it then. I'm predicting... I didn't say that she was going to get burned. I obviously wasn't going to predict that. I was predicting that mm-hmm. she was going to die, which, I mean, that's not a crazy prediction. It didn't, you know, anyone could die, but... Yeah, I know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, that is a, something the show ends up doing is, like, it ends up focusing too much on a character that we haven't focused, focused on before, so you, like, you feel like yeah. something's up, right? And it, it builds tension. I mean, it, it, maybe it's intentionally that way that we're... that 
we're supposed to feel uncomfortable that we're spending time with these characters because we know that something might be might be around the corner for them. I'm not sure, but I mm-hmm. it, I don't it bugs me is all is what I'm saying. It, it, I don't like it. It is no, it's it's a challenge of the show because they have to keep the audience like on pace. Yeah. And most people aren't going to remember something from like three seasons ago and how it affects the fifth season, right? So you have to kind of remind them of it within mm-hmm. that season while they're while they're you know still watching. Um, I I'll just mention there's an, an interesting comment from um, James Hibbert. He's the the guy who writes the recaps on uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, that I use sometimes to build the show notes. And he mentioned that uh, although to him this was an unexpected twist, I I would, I, I just said I I challenge that argument, but. Um, but regardless, um, his actions, the actions from Stannis feel true to his character, um, based on what we've seen. And I, and though I made that comment about, uh, Solis, that not being true to her, the characterization we've gotten, what Stannis does here is, is very true to, to what we've seen from him as a character. And I, I think at least that's true. Again, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to offer, <laughs> I'm going to disagree a little bit. Um, <clears throat> Maybe part of this is my perspective from the books, um, but Stannis, just in terms of the episodes, the last episode he was so against this, and for him to do pull a complete one eighty within that one episode is you a think? bit much. I think it should have been teased a bit I more. Mean, yeah, for sure. Wait, I mean, circumstances changed, right? It was easy to say that when you weren't without food and without siege equipment and all that. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It's a lot easier when you are faced with pretty much. You're you're at you're at end of your rope if you're Stannis as far as this war effort is concerned um, your options are limited all of a sudden things you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't be willing to do before seem more viable now no I understand that but I what I'm what I'm saying is within the two episodes it's not enough I wish this I, like it makes sense for him to make this choice now it should have been the straw that broke the camel's back you know he should have been if the scene with Melisandre suggesting burning Shireen had happened maybe like three episodes earlier, just like a quick little, like as part of one of those little throwaway scenes that we always talk about that comes into play later on, it would have made a bit more sense because in the past few episodes, they keep having Davos come up saying, oh, we're out this many horses or the storm crows left. And like, it's like Stance is getting hit after yeah. hit after hit. Then it would make more sense for this to be the case, you know? I... Because Stannis isn't really flip-floppy. He's normally pretty ardent in his decisions. Like, he decides right. something and he does it. He doesn't My argument is that, and I, again, I agree with with James here, not that it's a twist, but it's that it's that it's true to his character, just that we know that he's willing to do anything, anything to reach his, his and I talked about it, to fulfill his his, his destiny, his, his yeah. raison d'etre, is to be the king. So he has to, he's willing to do anything, and we've seen him do that before, um, do pretty like terrible things, um, including killing his own brother, who was, you know, for all intents and purposes, a pretty good guy, um, because he felt mm-hmm. he deserved the throne, right? Um, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, it's nitpicky, but Stannis' destiny isn't really even about the throne. It's, he, he's the Lord's chosen, and he will fight back the darkness. And you, you like, you get hints that that's talking about the Long yeah. Night. It has nothing to do with the Iron Throne. That's just but that's a, a how he sees thing. it. As what I'm saying, I mean, it's based on yes. how he sees his own destiny. That's um, that's he's willing to do anything. That's why I think it, it, it makes sense. But let's. Uh, it, it actually, like what he said earlier, it's not even about willing to do anything. It's that he feels like he yeah, has he, to exactly. do anything. He's he not. Can to he's, make it he feels he has almost no choice in the matter anymore. Yeah, he's obligated. Yeah. Um, this is pro- this whole sequence. I um, mean, we stayed with Stannis here. I talked about all the scenes at Stannis's camp happens throughout the it goes through the entire episode it's not it doesn't stay there the entire mm-hmm. time 
but uh, I think it's probably the best story content um, this week as far as like just um, storytelling and and uh, emotional impact and all that kind of stuff. I think it's the, the strongest stuff uh, of the episode. So let's move on to something that's not nearly as strong. <laughs> um, Dorn. We have Jamie brought into a meeting with Doran, Marcella, Tristan, and Alaria. Alaria's looking like particularly upset. I don't think she's the best actress. Can I just say that? Um, she's good at being angry, but I don't think she's good at much else, like really anything else. Yeah, there's not much else for yeah. her character to do at um, this point. And it, yeah, maybe it's just, yes, maybe it's just she's not giving much, given much to do. She, her write, the writing maybe not be very good for her, but I just don't think mm-hmm. that that just put on a bitch face yeah. and the, the, yeah. the performances could be are a bit lacking at least with her um, I do like Doran I'm not sure who plays I mean, I'm not sure who plays most of these characters but I do like Doran as a character he seems to be a little very level headed which you don't get mm-hmm. to see very often in the show which I appreciate so he kind of asks uh, uh, Jamie like why break into Doran you know why didn't you just come knock on the door talk about it you know which in retrospect you're like yeah why didn't they <laughs> um yeah, still part of the Seven yeah, Kingdoms. Uh, they're very much separate. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and obviously he makes a pretty Jamie. good argument by saying, well, we got a pretty threatening message with, you know, Marcella's necklace in the jaws of a viper. You know, you're not, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't really invite dialogue. Of a red viper. Sorry? Yeah, a red viper. A red not viper. Just, not just any viper. Um, so, and I mean, Doran's like, oh, or Doran is like, oh yeah, that makes sense. He looks like, right, right away looks at uh, Alaria and she's like, what? I didn't, what? I mean, whatever. Uh, you do what you got to do, uh, <laughs> and um, so they kind of come to an understanding. Marcella will go back to King's Landing with Jamie, but Tristan has to come and be a member of the Small Council, which he does seem a bit young to be offering any like sound advice. But whatever he has to offer is probably better than what most others have to offer. And we have to remember that we have to remember point, that. Yeah. Um, uh, Cersei's uncle is back as the hand of the king, um, by the way, which we only mentioned a couple, I think last episode, but it's important to note that he was earlier in the season. He doesn't agree with, uh, with, uh, Cersei's methods, obviously. And she's now in jail for, mm-hmm. for it, but, um, he's actually a pretty good hand. He's a little, um, probably a little heavy handed <laughs> if I can make that, uh, that pun, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see if we see any of that small council stuff. I th- I would like to see it. Um, then we get a uh, a little quick conversation. He turns to a conversation about Braun. I, I find it a little suspicious that Jamie would be willing to like. He he says, "Don't blame Braun. If whatever happens, you know, because he was the one who punched Tristan. Um, if anything happens, it should Jamie should be the one responsible." I, do you really get the impression that Jamie would be willing to take the rap for something that Braun did? I, I, I don't think Jamie would. I think the only reason he's saying that is because he knows Duran, because Jamie is nobility, Duran won't do anything. Like, uh, any act against Jamie would yeah, be an act of war. We all know that, yeah. So he's like... Duran's very against war. He he's, he said it like four or five just times. Just Duran. The rest of yeah. Duran isn't, but Duran yeah, is... Yeah, he's level-headed. Yeah. <laughs> he actually knows that... It's not about level-headed. He's just, he's calculated. Like, he, he thinks things through. He's, he's well, biding also, his time. Well, you also get the impression that, like, if it came down to it, if war was the right decision, he still might feel like he might not make that decision. And he's so, like, guarded against doing that, that he's, if that was the right decision, for whatever reason, he still probably wouldn't do it, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm not, I feel like I don't, I guess. we're not going to really have to deal with that c- circumstance. That's just the kind of impression I get from him as a character. Uh. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> 
Um, I love, um, I wrote here on the notes. <laughs> I just realized this. I was, I was, I was, it was late last night when I was writing this and I was, I had a few rums and I just wrote, ah, man, I love Dora and that gouty asshole. <laughs> um, so they talk about Braun. He's like, Tristan gets to make the decision what to do with Braun. We, they kind of leave it hanging and it all hinges on something and then we cut to pretty much the worst scene in the entire episode. It may be the worst scene in the entire series. Just It might oh, be the worst up. scene. That's an, that's, is that it is really though? Because strong. it's it's the Sand Snakes playing hand, like playing that hand slap game that kids sometimes play. Um, and it has it literally, there's, there's nothing to take from that. Nothing at all. Nothing. Maybe, Daniel, offer me something. Please, explain why this scene needs to be there. Uh, just that um, Namiri is the older sister and she likes to bully Tyene. And Tyene is, like, she is able to eventually dodge and get, like, it, I don't know. It is it is a useless scene in terms of this episode. I don't think it's the worst in the well, series, I mean, though. I, I can't remember ridiculous. every scene in the entire series, obviously. But this one's... Yeah, I know. But, like, pick a scene of Daenerys in the Red Waste or <laughs> pick a scene of, of Sam just crying <laughs> in the corner for a while. Like, yeah, but those at least have character like is about character development of a major characters these first of all we don't well that's the thing like these sand snakes haven't been developed and they kind of need a little bit of that so that's what they're gonna that's that's your offering (laughs) i I, all i'm saying is i want more from the sand snakes and i want more from everything in dorn um i just that that is just it's just really really poor it's really sad like why even have that i mean if you're gonna try to develop the sand snakes try try harder (laughs) it's really what i'm getting at um Really, we we see Bronn let out of the um, uh, out of the the, the the dungeon. He's brought up, and the whole deal hinged on him getting elbowed in the face. That was the that was Tristan's yep. whole thing. That's it. Yep. Great. Because Bronn punched Tristan so that's in it. the face. That's it. Yeah. An eye for an eye, and then they were they're even in the. I was honestly on the edge of my seat here because I thought Bronn was going to die. Really, but. J- Jamie was a little too playful, but like I thought, you know, it was it was too easy. They're like, oh yeah, he can go, and then and then you get there, he can go as long as he fights the captain of the guard, yeah. Ariel Hota. And then I thought Hota would just destroy would, him. But, I don't know. I th- I think yeah. you have. Ron lives yeah, another day. He lives to get a better castle. Um, <laughs> I think you put too much weight in the fact that this is episode nine and you think that smaller things are going to turn into bigger things just because that's usually been the case with these episodes. Oh, there's that. I also made a mistake because I watched this episode a little bit late. I was, I had family stuff, whatever. So I didn't watch it right at eight o'clock. And then I made a mistake of opening Twitter at like yeah. quarter after nine. And like what well, the first tweet, it was automatically about game of Thrones and I shot it down it's right away, but it was like, it was, I don't even remember who it was. It's, they said game of character assassination. And like, so I already had like my theories about what was going to happen, and I figured we'd lose a couple characters. So I didn't know, and I was imagining Bron dying here. It's it's you know, believable, and I was just, you, yeah okay. Like, oh shit! Oh shit! And yeah, and at this point we have Shireen hadn't been killed yet. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, and characters assassination doesn't necessarily refer to someone dying. It can just refer to their characterization being totally yeah. wasted. <laughs> um, so what's else? What else? What else? Um, anything left in door? Oh yeah, there's a, a scene with um, Jamie and Arya. Jamie they, really, and Arya. the only thing that I liked uh, the takeaway from that scene, uh, other is the fact that Arya's pretty resigned to the fact that she can't get her revenge anymore. Um, she kind of she has to 
she has to kneel to Doran. Um, she cries the whole time. Um, I, I do like... Lori had some pretty good, like, like one-liners here in this episode with the whole, no wonder you can't stand, you have no spine, um, which is... That's a pretty good one. Um, and then at, she kind of... He puts her in a place. Like, he does seem, like, pretty under... Like, Doran seems like a pretty understanding kind of guy, generally, but he's not going to let her get, get away with that kind of stuff. Like, he, he talks down... She talks down to him, like, twice or three times in this episode, yeah. Too much, um, yeah. And he's like, you know, either you... You know, what did he say? You either... Um, kneel or or die essentially kneel or die yeah um, pretty much pretty much and what i like at the end of that though is he says i believe in second chances but i don't believe in yeah. third chances and he makes that very clear to her if she yeah. fucks up again she's done. um and then yeah that scene with jamie and alaria she's resigned to the fact she can't get a revenge and this this the line that she says about you know um about marcella and they're talking kind of talking about marcella and tristan and all that kind of stuff and he, she's saying how you know, all the time things are changing about who or who you can or can't love or why you can't love them. But the only thing that ever stays the same is you want who you want, which I, li- I like that line. I think that was that's a little bit of wisdom that we haven't seen from her, which who seems very much a, about a creature of passion. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So that again, I don't know. The stuff in Dorne um, seemed a little light for me. Like it just it didn't have a for everything else that was happening this episode seemed a little too fluffy, if that makes sense. A little bit, but it's, it's also necessary. We had to touch in on them and actually have some movement in that story because the last episode we touched in and they were just, Braun was in the jail, was poisoned, and then was cured, and it was just point. That was actually yeah. pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least now we know there's some movement. Jamie and Marcella and Tristan are going, and Braun, I guess, are going back to King's Landing. The Dornish are going to be a part of the the fold again, like the, mm-hmm. the larger picture again. Um, so Jamie's writing a letter here. Uh, we make him mention that yeah, mention that he's writing with his left hand. So his writing is now terrible, which I think is kind of funny. Um, is he writing to Cersei or who's he? What's the what's the letter to? It, no idea. See? I don't know what that's all about. He's he's on his way to King's Landing. Maybe he's writing he's to say way. that you know mission yeah. accomplished, run our way back or something. Um, <clears throat> so let's move on to Arya. She's in Bravo still, and um, I just want to say about like. I just feel like the momentum of this episode is is not carried well through like we have the stuff with Stannis that is um fine. I mean it's not it's nothing it's okay. I mean it's the the best of this episode, but it's the way it's like split up over the episode is not done uh in a in a very to me a very effective way that that built um built tension or built um uh, like drama. If it had been all together, I think it might have done a better job of that, but it, it's not. It's broken up. Yeah, um, it's hard to say. I don't know. This episode seemed more like classic Game of Thrones. It was a slow burn leading up to a big last couple of seasons, right? That's very yeah. much season one, season two, I, and even three. As far as season nine episodes go, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. Um, Arya at Bravos. Um, so... Okay. We'll get this out of the way first, I guess, so you can redeem yourself. You were right. Um, so there you go. <laughs> you go right. Of she did course. see. She did run into um, the guy on her list, which his name is Mirren Trant. Okay, Mirren which, Trant. If we didn't already know, was a bad guy. They do. A, they spend a lot of time. Yeah, they really. <laughs> they really it hammer it home. home. <laughs> um, so. She's kind of still on her mission. I guess I, I guess we're kind of led to believe that she's like this is the first time after she's been given the the poison that she's supposed to go poison this like um this bad gambling guy uh with a poisoned oyster. Yeah, the um and sure. And then 
she instead of fulfilling her mission, she ends up seeing Mirren Trant and then following uh, him uh, with her clams, oysters, and cockles. Which I still don't know what a cockle is. Is that like a, some sort of shellfish? I'm pretty sure a cockle is like a mussel. Okay, it's just a different. Um, word for it. So. She ends up following him. It's uh, they have Mace Tyrell's there. He's meeting with the guy from the Iron Bank. Mace Tyrell is just like the goofiest of characters on the show. Like just ultimate, like the ultimate goofball. So he's like singing for some reason. Like just <laughs> like what is going on with this guy? And then whatever she's like, she spends the whole day just like sitting outside the bank waiting for Miran Trent to come out again. Um, I guess you got to wonder if you're um, if you're the House of Black and White guy. What's his name again? Uh, names today. Jack and Agar. You got to wonder like, Jack what's, what's taking her so long. You know, like she doesn't come back for a whole day. I think, I know. I'm pretty sure in general, she's out right. most of the day. So like she's selling these oysters and stuff and then she kills the guy and then she would keep going, you know, yeah, like she didn't just sense. run home. Um, so anyway, she follows uh, Trent to uh, a brothel because that's all anyone does in uh, West, in Essos or, or Westeros. Um, yeah. And, world, uh, yeah. She, she has, like, a little serving tray, brings it in, which I thought was like, oh, they just let people sell oysters and <laughs> whatever they want. I mean, I get that. I like that they make the reference to that oysters are supposed to be, like, an aphrodisiac, which I think is kind of funny. Um, she follows him into this back room, and, you know, Jesus Christ. Talk about heavy-handed characterization, because it hasn't been a while since we've seen this guy. Mm-hmm. We, we Most people probably don't really remember what he's done. He's done some pretty crappy stuff. Like, he... Yeah, he, he beat and, the shit like, out of Sansa at, with Joffrey's orders, right? But like, he still did it. But um, yeah. he sit—he's sitting there, like, just like a like a real douche, and he's like, like inspecting these these prostitutes as they come, and he's he's just saying too old, and he's like saying it the same way every time. Like, he, I think he looks at three before, before he finds the one that he wants. Um, yeah, and the mo- the worst part is that like the one that ends up being the one that he picks is like clearly not even a prostitute which is why or like it's just some yeah. some poor girl off the street um, it's ridiculous he like and then he's like i'll have you know make sure i have a fresh one every day and whatever blah 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 and even like the madam is like kind of like taken back like she's not really happy about this whole thing um and if you're really i mean if we're going to extrapolate this any further Arya clearly wants to kill him that's why she followed him that Obviously, still has her list, right? Yes. Um, even though she's not saying it out loud anymore, um, you just have to imagine that she's gonna volunteer, quote unquote, to be one of these next these next girls, and then use that opportunity to kill him. Although it, you get the hint that at some point, like she, he feels like he kind of recognizes her to some degree, you know. Oh, there's a few like shots of him looking at her, sort, of, and you can't really tell what he's thinking, but but it it's could been years definitely since be recognition. Arya was at King's Landing, right? So. It'd be, and she looks very yes. different. Um, it would, so it would, it would be tough, I think, to for him to recognize. It, but maybe he's just good with faces. I don't know. Um, so that's that's my prediction here. I mean, it's not, and that's not really a wild, a wild prediction. It seems like that's a pretty safe bet. Um, yeah, makes sense. He likes young girls. Yeah. She's a young um, girl. Problem solved. So I don't know how she's gonna kill him. I, I imagine if she tried, to, if she uses poison, that might work. Uh, that might be a good way to do it. Um, I feel like if she tries to kill him with like a blade, uh, I feel like she's gonna not succeed. You know, um, he's a pretty like adept knight still, even if he's a Maybe. douche. Um, if she, I feel like if she tries to sneak in a knife or something like that, she's gonna end up not succeeding in her mission. But I'm not sure. Maybe she'll even put on a new face, 
that'd be interesting. Um, what else? Um, maybe she'll use the face of that. Remember that girl that came and had like cancer. Maybe they'll bring that back around and mm. like use. She'll like end up looking like her to do it. You thought it was cancer. You thought it was AIDS. I thought it was AIDS. Oh, I was, I'm pretty sure it was cancer, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 why would you jump straight to AIDS? <laughs> um, and, and okay, so I think interesting here is that when she gets back to the House of Black and White and she tells Jack in that he wasn't hungry today, I don't know what makes her think she can just lie to him now and he wouldn't know, you know? Because you get the impression right away that he knows that she's not... Yeah, that he gives he her a bit of a look, up, eh? right? Um, even though, like, he's like, "Oh, you know, you got work to do with the guy pass it, like falling down right behind them." But like, I don't. <sighs> something's gonna happen here. I mean, I, I have a, an idea, but I have, I, it's not my my vision of the future. Here is is cloudy. <laughs> uh, anything you want to mention about Arya before we move on? Um, just that I'm thankful they did the the young girl thing off scene. You know, they've they've been fucking around with a lot of that stuff, and it's been uncomfortable. And that's why there's no controversy. But like, this is a, a young, this is child prostitution. This is also a very controversial, like, hot button issue. But it wasn't really the focus, and it was off scene. There's so. also child murder. Daniel, to be yeah. fair, there's also child Still murder gross, in this but... episode, and there's not nearly as much outcry. And that, and that one was yeah. everyone. That was what everyone was yeah. talking about. Nobody talked about this um, little girl, right? You, you get the impression that like the innocence of some of these girls in Essos is, doesn't last very long, um, which is. Um, yeah, for sure. It's yeah. an unfortunate and truth I, of that. Word, I do want to mention, I, I, you know, I forgot to write it down, that um, George R. R. Martin made a comment about um, the, the controversy over the whole Sansa thing and saying that when he wrote the books, he wanted it to be a true representation of medieval culture. And the fact of the matter is that it was not an egalitarian culture. And it, to represent it like that, he didn't want to write what he said. Yes. I think it was words where he didn't want to write um, the Disney medieval times, is that this, where everyone is equal and um, everyone's happy and there's princes and qu princesses marrying each other and everything's great. He didn't want to do that and he wanted to tell... Um, mm -hmm. for, as much as a story can be <clears throat> true when it's complete fiction and there's fan magic and dragons and stuff, he wanted to make it a true representation of what life like at that time would be like yeah as much as it's fiction it's yeah. it's it's that world true to that world and it, you know I, I think he got that point across and i think i also know in the books it, they're very adult books they're, they're adult themes it's very dark and all that stuff um the, the only reason that was so controversial is because it, it was in our face you know like it's always talked about and it's never a yeah. pov character that's being raped like that that yeah, would I mean, be obviously right? yeah that'd be that'd be I, I think, into a whole different i think both the the books and the show have got that point across without having to, to cross that line Anything else you want to mention uh, before about any of the, the, the controversy or any of the stuff with, with Arya? No, just that um, it's going to come to a head next week, and I'm excited to see Marin Chan die. <laughs> assuming that he does do that. that guarantee, I'm assuming. I'm, that's a big assumption because that doesn't happen in the books, but I'm, that, I'm okay. sticking to it. Um, stick to your guns, Dan. Castle Black. Um, this is a like this happens way earlier in the, in the, in the episode, but uh, John reaches the wall. This is kind of not much happens here either. Uh, John reaches the wall. Uh, it's got a couple thousand, I'd say, maybe, uh, maybe a thousand of mm -hmm. uh, wildlings with him. You have this like this moment where you're not sure if they're gonna open the gate. You have um, uh, Thorn, uh, Alistair Thorn is on the on the top of the wall looking down. It's kind of weird because it's so far away. Like you, it's, he's supposed to think that that's John. That's the one that's yeah. Can just yeah, be like, something. Could be anyone. 
No way yeah, he can like, make out his face. And it looks like they're looking at each other too, like the way they have it, like like uh, shot, like the way they cut between the two, like they're looking at each other in the face. But there's just no way that could be true. Like there's no way he could. John could probably <laughs> not even tell if there's anyone at the top of the wall. <laughs> so um, yeah. and you get that one weird shot of that like really ugly dude at the top. Like I'm not sure why we even lingered on that um, when he tells him to open the gate. It was just uh, all that it serves is like. Thorn says open the gates, and that's another one of the Night's Watchmen just suspicious and kind yeah. of I mean, uh, angry at Thorn for following John's orders. Like He was on Thorn's side, but he's yeah. like, come on, man, what so, are you doing? This is our chance. Yeah, so anyways, he lets the door open. We get the all the, the wildlings come through the, the tunnel, which I thought was bo- – like I thought they collapsed the tunnel, by the way. Am I not crazy? Oh, they did. The, this, this whole th- – I was actually really mad about this because you have to remember they yeah. went on ship. Uh, yeah, right, right. yeah. So they went all the way to the east side of the wall, went on ships across the bay. So they're not coming back to Castle Black on foot. They're coming by via ship to Eastwatch, and then they're going to be going on along the, the wall all the way to Castle Black. It's less dramatic to have them just up, just show up on, on top of the wall or even on the south side, whatever. Like this, this makes more sense. But yeah, they for sure collapse the tunnel, and there's no reason for them to be coming from the north to Castle Black. Yeah, and the way that shot too is like there's no, there was Dumb. definitely trees in that out there before, right? And like. Just it just it, it wasn't consistent with what we've seen. It, that that's, I guess they're just in that clearing, right? That there's a, there's a, trees, like yeah. a, I think it's like a half mile or something like that Still, without trees. I'm just it's that's again maybe this is nitpicky, but I was like I you're, you're you're completely right. I think I wrote that on here somewhere, but it's like I thought they definitely came by ships and like and luckily we didn't have to see the awkward scene where it would have been the giant trying to get up onto a boat, <laughs> which you have to yeah. imagine would have been like very difficult um yeah, they, they just told him you don't think you would have frozen it's called the i don't know called the yeah it's called the, the shivering, shivering sea for a reason um so i mean maybe we don't know that how giants work maybe they have a lot of they generate a lot of heat or whatever um yeah no, they're really big <laughs> but uh so yeah they come through the the wall that's great i mean i i gotta say as much as that this is kind of a, the way that happened was kind of weird the scene with um uh Knowing if the I wasn't convinced that they were gonna open the open the wall like open the gate either. That I did, I bought mm-hmm. that uh, that little bit of um, tension. You know, I, I like that. Um, we have uh, Thorne makes a comment about. Uh, he says, "You have a good heart, Jon Snow. It'll get us all killed." Um, you can tell that they they still are butting heads, but I think it's almost like it's it's like constructive at this point now, where because he's he's so against John's or not so against it, but they, they have a mutual respect, but because they have different points of view, it, it makes for like better decision-making, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He needs other perspectives, right? He needs that to ground um, So, and then John has this comment about how he, he feels like he failed them by not saving more of them. Sam kind of lifts his spirits a bit saying, hey, you know, it's not your fault, blah, blah, blah. Um, I do find it odd that they don't mention anything about like the massive unarmy, like dead, uh, army of the undead you know and the whole white walkers raising them and all that kind of stuff and the killing one and all that it just seems odd that they would leave that assume that happened i and guess. That happens off screen somewhere but like you would think that if um for instance if he told that story to thorn his perspective might have changed a bit you know <laughs> be like yeah i mean i guess you don't like that you don't like these wildlings but you know there's way worse things in fact we saw them and we almost got killed so this is well, I think that's part of the problem is that yeah, Thorne hasn't think, seen any of them, You think right? he's going to be one of those scenes where, where it's like when he finally sees one, he's going to kind of, he's not going to have the, the, 
he's kind of like going to be shivering in his boots a bit, you know? I don't, I don't think so. I think it'll be one of those things where he finally realizes that, you know, the error of his ways, yeah. but he's going to die for it. Yeah, that seems likely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thorn does not seem does not seem long for this world, if if in this, especially in this world. Um, anything else you want to note mm-hmm. about that? I guess they're heading into, yeah. Not much. They just had to touch in at the wall. I, I assume we'll get more next week. There was just you needed yeah. a little bit of fallout um, after last week. They're just the wildlings are, are heading through the castle. That's important to note. They're not staying at the castle. Um, they're going through the tunnel and out the gate. Uh, I guess presumably to make camp outside. I'm not. We're not really sure. Um, um, Ollie gives a nice scowl. He's up. He he legs up on the. See, I fuck that kid. I swear to God, that kid's gonna fuck everything. <laughs> up. You think? You think? You can just see him, like, the kid's going to be the one to, to do something stupid and take revenge against one of the wildlings, and it's just going to start ah, a little great. civil yeah, war Yeah, I hope there, not. You know? But you just, they do keep building up for a reason. There's a reason the kid's there. There's a reason he's... Mm-hmm. I mean, again, this is a, a, no fault of the show, but, like, when you concentrate on a child that literally has no in, that has no significance in any... Yeah, it's like, Other it's like you know that, something's yeah. going to happen. Um, so let's move to Marine, where we where we can wrap up the, the whole episode. Um, so we'll just roll back to the fact that Shireen's death transitioned into the scene with the, like, the, the, the gladiator-esque scene at the, the Coliseum, um, with her screams transitioning into cheers, uh, of the crowd, which I thought was an, it was a good transition. I love when they do that stuff. Um, yeah. I am a bit disappointed that the, uh, Coliseum was circular instead of an inverse pyramid, like I'd, I'd um, had hoped for before. Okay, I want to. I want to be. Okay, clear. so what like do you mean a pyramid comes pyramid? up out of the ground with four sides that meet at the top, right? Uh huh. So an inverse pyramid would be okay. a pyramid that goes shaped opposite of that, if like a hole with four sides that meet the, in the middle, you know, with maybe a flat top, a flat bottom. Does that make sense? Instead of a circle, it'd be four, like, fl- yeah. Oh, okay, I get. I, I, so yeah, there's no it'd, actual it'd be a point. Floor on, it'd be, yeah. Okay. Because I was just picturing an upside down pyramid, and they're fighting <laughs> no, on top. No, and I'm like, what are you no, talking no. about? It'd either be in the ground or like it'd be it'd be one big square, <laughs> like it'd be built as a square, right? Just American gladiators. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's just you you, you kind of get what I mean now. It wouldn't be there would be no point. It'd be like if the yeah, top yeah. the the bottom of the period was cut off and was resting on the floor. I just think that would look interesting as far as like would play with that. Like every it's all these pyramids in the yeah. city. It would be cool. Yeah. Also, I, I feel like it'd mean, be yeah. actually easier to build than a like a circular stadium, you know. But whatever. Especially in these times. Yeah. Right. But I mean, if I mean, if you can build, if you can build pyramids, I guess you can build coliseums. Um, I the effects here are pretty good. Like it's like no worse than like Gladiator, you know. Look, pre- like generally pretty good looking with like the crowd scenes. Um, in fact, probably even better looking than Spartacus, which had, you know, felt like it was done on a soundstage. This didn't feel that yes. way. Um, sorry, Stephen Denight S Denight. <laughs> um, the fight scenes themselves, not as, maybe not as like elaborate and cool as, uh, as Spartacus, but, uh, still pretty cool. Um, so we've been kind of predicting this like Coliseum scene since like dawned on us that we might actually get a scene like that. Yeah, I mean, they've been talking <laughs> about it all season. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. This, this stuff <laughs> doesn't, you this don't stu- know. This stuff doesn't land for me either, man. Uh, this whole, this stuff doesn't, doesn't do it for me. We set up the, I mean, it, 
there's certain definitely some cool moments here that just that are very awesome. It just doesn't. It's just a, it. It didn't come together for me as as a whole. Um, so let me just we'll just let's go through it. Uh, we have Danny, uh, his dar Zolarak, his her like husband to be, I guess. Her and hubby. what? Her hubby. hubby. Yeah. Well, and they're not married yet, so yeah. <laughs> her be, betrothed, betrothed. Yeah. Um, and then um, you have Tyrion there. You have um, who's the assassin guy? What's his name? Dario. Dario's there as well, and uh, the, the the her translator, whatever Descent. her name is. Yeah, names today. No. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. like you say names today every <laughs> single episode. Yeah, well, I just feel you like I like, never names this season or names this lifetime. <laughs> the proper nouns, man, are not my strong suit okay um so we get this like prerequisite scene where we get two people we don't know fighting we get this cool back and forth dialogue with dario about like picking whether the skinny guy or the big the guy small man yeah uh i like that i thought that was, it was just fun um, i like that and uh, maybe i read too far into these things but in the books especially there's a lot of uh, like symbology right yeah so Tyrion and dario obviously uh, they're the small man and then eventually like yeah. you think the small man's winning his way works and then the big man wins i don't know if that's foreshadowing or not probably not but maybe, maybe. I, I i i look at things like that you know i guess i may i feel like there's a little bit that's a kind of like pretty heavy-handed well, if you're trying to like <laughs> metaphors well they do that a lot like even in, in season one if you go back and watch season one or even read the book it starts the the wolf that has all the direwolves was killed by a stag there's a, a stag's antler inside and then it's robert's fault that the stark family is destroyed you know yeah like, there's a lot of stuff like that that is very heavy. Like it's 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 very obvious in retrospect. I get. I mean, all foreshadowing exactly. is. <laughs> but in the books, it's, it's, just, it's like a lot of symbology. A lot. Of, like anytime there's an animal sigil that dies somewhere, you're like, okay, well, how does that relate to that family? You know. <laughs> I guess if it's that, if it's that if it happens that often, yeah, I think you got to be like, well, mm-hmm. uh, you you got to be like, you got to tone it down. If every time an animal dies, you got you, you start looking for connections. I think it's you've probably overdone it. <laughs> you know. Well, it's um, not often. It's just that's the way I'm, you're forced to think. I, this yeah. one probably isn't that. It's probably just like, you know, Darian being Dario being shut up. The small yeah. man doesn't always win. You can't like that's what the audience wants to see, and it's just yeah. you know sometimes majority of the time the bigger man wins. Um. Yeah, I, there's I guess the line about um like from. Uh, his daughter, like I think, even Tyrion and his daughter have, an, have a nice like back and forth, like with Tyrion pretty much like out, like conversationing him, <laughs> him uh, with like you know what great things I've ever accomplished without killing or cruelty. Um, that's a, like that whole conversation is pretty cool. That has a lot more uh, like symbolism, I think. Um, Tyrion said, you know, my dad would have liked you. I think that's pretty funny. Um, the the what do you take a, what do you take away from his daughter coming back with like coming into the scene with like and. Danny being like, "Where were you?" and him saying, "You know, just making sure everything was in order." What do you take? What do you? What do you take from that? I don't know if that was, you know, if they were just trying to screw with us to make you think that he was in, that he was causing everything, or if he actually did go and set everything in order. Because, whatever, everybody knows what happens, right? So later in the episode, he's killed by the sons of the harpy. So yeah. why would that happen? Unless they're trying to cover their tracks, I guess. I would be. I'm convinced that he's. That he was behind it the whole time. Yes, um, like and you get that impression. That, but then, why would he be killed? Because I don't think he. I think he might be pulling the strings, but I don't think ever. Like there, how many of those guys in masks are there? Like, uh, in the in the in the stadium. Oh, like, a bunch, yeah. Like right, so you have to assume that either some of them don't like him for even being like having 
been betrothed to her or like without like they're these are fanatics right so that they don't care um i mean they just used him and now he's he's done and they don't need him anymore yeah um also do you think they like all got together and like a paper mache party (laughs) (laughs) the masks like because there's a lot of them and like they were all high like hidden pretty well um but they're they're pretty creepy looking though hey like when you Mm -hmm. all when they're especially with those like those hisses and like the way the sound works like that um so anyway so let's back up a little backpedal here um we have i like how danny has to be like complicit in the like the whole like fighting thing she doesn't like it she has like the most the weakest clap to start them Mm -hmm. um the cheers though very very like gladiator very spartacus like the way that like they're like just react to like the smallest little things and they just like so bloodthirsty and like have like bloodlust and stuff it's it's kind of cool um and so we have the first fights over then we have the next scene where they're not really even paying attention. Then all of a sudden, you kind of hear in the background of this like Westerosi night, and then she's like, oh, "What?" <laughs> and um, so Jorah's there. Um, he's fighting. I, this is like to me, I'm confused because it looked like there was just two of them at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, when they start fighting, there's like six of them. Yeah, you know. Because um, uh, the first fight was just one on one, and yeah. then he starts introducing the second fight. He introduces two, and then the, the focal point switches to the conversation with Daenerys and them. So you don't really pay attention to what else is happening. But yeah. I guess he introduced the rest of them. During okay, that so the fight starts. Uh, tension starts building here because George's not doing a very good job. First of all, he's he he pulls classic Rocky <laughs> here, yeah. where he's pretty much losing the entire time. Um, he does make some cool moves, um, like where he grabbed that guy and like stabbed him. That was cool. Um, but I, I mean i know what you mean but just think about what you just said <laughs> what classic rocky or the way he grabbed the guy no it was him. it was really cool when he stabbed that guy and then he stabbed that other guy <laughs> no I, I didn't say stab and then stab did i no you said you grabbed the guy and stabbed him but like it's still very vague but um no like he wins the first fight but then he's being beaten down by that uh the water dancer that provokes you yeah he's using Arya style sword oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got like very thin pointy a thin blade, yeah. So he's a water dancer. That's his style, and he's beating the shit out of Jorah. Yeah, um, and he wins the fight, and he gets stabbed in the back. It's stupid. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he he's gonna die, right? Jorah's about to die, and then all out of yeah. nowhere, this other guy comes. It's like his little like Deus Ex Machina kind of like out of nowhere. There's no reason that should happen, you know. Um, Especially also, okay. So he stabs the guy in the back. Whatever, he's dead. Yeah. But then he lets Jorah get up. He could easily like he. If, He's obviously not a man of honor if he's going to stab the guy in the back. Why would yeah. he let Jorah get up? I, I honestly, I don't know. This is one of those things where it's like, it's because the script demands it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Jorah ends up winning that fight as well. Um, and then there's this, like, kind of this, this the scene where he grabs, uh, or I like, guess not scene, the sequence where he, like, grabs this, the spear from the guy he just killed. And it looks like he's going to throw it at Danny, which we're like, ah, that doesn't seem like something he would do. And then turns out, he was killing one of the guy, uh, one of the sons of the harpy, which, mm-hmm. you know, good on Jorah for doing Dumb. that. Cool. But like, what are the, Lucky. first of all, what are the chances that happens at yeah. that exact moment? Right. <clears throat> like you have that scene, like where it cuts to him. like, Oh my God, he's trying to throw it. And then it's like, Oh no, he, he saved her life. But like, it's just very fortunate for Jorah that that happened at that moment to get back in her good books. You know what I mean? Especially because there, there were no hints beforehand. It's not like he saw it and then he's like, oh shit, I got to win this fight so I can help her. He just, he didn't even react to it. He just threw it. And, like his face didn't look like he was like, oh, there's a guy there. He's just throwing a spear at Daenerys. Yeah, he didn't say, look out, watch out behind out. you. Like, <laughs> you Nothing. know, it just like, he made it look like he was trying to kill Danny. And then like, what happens if like, if what had happened if like Dario or anyone or um, 
had like hit the spear out of the air instead of like instead of just getting out of the way of it and letting it kill that guy you know yeah like it just it's just all very like convenient and i don't i don't i don't like when they're, I, I didn't like that part yeah. of it either um and then shit starts shit, shit hits the fan because then like out of nowhere it's like he's a protector queen and then the guys drop their mask and they're like ev- almost everyone in the entire almost everyone has a fucking mask and you're like holy shit like they're screwed <laughs> like they start like they're like they start making they they're trying to defend like they just keep coming and uh, there's really not that many you, again you see like the unsullied not doing a very good job um just in general of, of protecting like they a lot of them die again you have to imagine like i feel like she just does not have that many of them left <laughs> well she has a decent amount the, the thing with unsullied i think i've said this before is like they're they're soldiers they're not yeah. guerrilla soldiers you know what i mean so when they're ambushed like this when they're not on a battlefield they they you know they're taking that back yeah. if they're on a battlefield they are able to like you put their shields down and just focus on their enemy right in front of them they're unstoppable i guess okay i know yeah you have said that before um they do make some pretty cool like stabs like uh, reminds me of like uh 500 or 300 where like they do like 500, the 500 where they do like the step and thrust uh like yeah. the, which is kind of cool um and uh so things start getting worse and worse for them uh there's that that moment where uh Jora like extends his hand, whatever, and it's like, "Let me help you." And you're like, "Oh, I guess he got his redemption, his redemption moment," which I honestly didn't see that coming. But because uh, yeah. again, it's just very convenient the way this whole thing happened. You're like, "Okay, I get, I'll, I'll buy it because of what's happening." But just like, all right. Also, people, some people are thinking that he might have given Grayscale to Danny. I don't think so. By the way, I don't. I, I, I just think that's. I don't think that's how Grayscale works. Um, I don't, don't know. It is. It is communicable by touch. Yeah, but don't you have to kind of touch the part that's, like, scaly? It's not really clear. I don't know. Mm. That's an interesting theory. I doubt that's going to happen, but that's interesting. Well, they didn't also, they didn't really linger on that, like, the, the grab or, like, they didn't really make it, like... Yeah. You know, like, when they, when um, Braun got cut by that uh, that blade, right? They lingered on it a bit, and, like, they they, mm-hmm. they kind of made it a focus. This didn't happen. I mean, the show is also capable of subtlety, you know? Yeah. When, uh, when Joffrey died, when... <clears throat> Uh, the Queen of Thorns went and like brushed Sansa's hair. There was like a little clicking sound. That was her digging that jewel out of the hair, and that was very much under the radar for everybody. Yeah, I, that's true. I, I but I when you're talking like that's supposed to be subterfuge, right? Like supposed to be mm-hmm. like subtle. This is like I don't, I don't think that this is that's what's going on here. I, it's just an interesting theory. I just don't think that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, what else? Well, the chances are he might be able to get like be able to say like stop the infection now that he's like back in the in Danny's good books. He can like tell it. I have. Well, he should have just cut his arm off right away. You think? Yeah. You think you can cut off your own arm? Uh, I, it's probably easier said than done, but that's <laughs> yeah, like, that's the only answer. Yeah. Um, and then just cauterize it with the fire that he had there or something. I, 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 I don't know, man. When you're out in the middle of nowhere, I think that's probably you. Maybe wait till you're somewhere where you're not in the middle of nowhere. Or you can maybe treat it or. Like, I don't well, know what they don't the really have hospitals like or anything yeah. <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, but you have to imagine, like, if you cut your, you cut off your own hand with your own sword, right, it's going to be infected. Like, it's you might die from that. You might more likely mm-hmm. to die from that than uh, from, like, how long it takes Grayscale to kill you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so what else, what else happens here? Okay, so they move to the scent. Like, they try to escape through, like, a tunnel. That gets closed off, so they can't do that. So they, they're... They move to the center of the of the fighting pit. They're surrounded, like way outnumbered. There's some pretty cool like deaths. Again, there's some pretty cool deaths here where like the like her guard uh, with Dario and 
uh, some of the Unsullied and and Jorah do some like like protecting her, do like some cool stuff there. The choreography's pretty good. Um, generally, the CGI in this in this episode is in general pretty good, I'd say. Um, and the whole time this is happening, I'd say uh, I was like, okay, well, once they got to the center, I was like, okay. A dragon's gonna come soon. That's that's as soon as soon as that happens, like all right, dragon time. It's gonna happen now. Um, I just I, I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to feel that way, or I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a surprise when um, when uh, Drogon shows up. But it wasn't really a surprise to me. Was it surprising to you? I mean, is this in the, this is in the books? This this one is almost straight out of the books. Okay. So she's in the fighting. A couple little things this... are different. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, this is a pretty big moment in the books, I imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, I was, like, this is what I'm predicting, like, knowing the name of this episode, this is what I was looking forward okay. to. Um, so this is the first time anyone's rode a dragon probably in, like, 100 years, maybe? Longer? Yep, couple, couple hundred. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, I mean, okay, this is the, this is probably the second coolest part of the episode. So you have, um, Drogon, like, flies in, uh, and just starts lighting people on fire and eating people, um pretty badass um I, I feel like he was bigger last time we saw him for whatever reason um he seemed bigger maybe i don't know i don't maybe it was that's probably just because he was he was above her on the pyramid yeah. you know he looked more well, and like and the when he was flying above uh Tyrion and all them he just looked way bigger i don't know um yeah but he comes in and he, and he starts getting like pretty like beat up by like these spears they keep throwing spears at this dragon right and it's like pretty it seems to be pretty effective um which, I don't know. Those spears don't go very deep. Like they hurt him, but they're superficial wounds. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It just seemed like it were doing more damage than you'd think it would do to a dragon like that. You know. Well, that's what you have to remember. Like these, these, they're still, they're animals. They're not invulnerable. Yeah. You know, there are people that in the world that in the past that were dragon slayers. They're like dragons have been killed. Okay, that's a pretty like sweet name, like job title, dragon slayer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she like has this like touching moment with drogon where he like screams in her face but like she like they have a connection she's in trouble and he came and he's like she's really happy about that and Tyrion's like in awe this whole i love that Tyrion's like this whole time is like just like he sees the dragon he's like just completely like flabbergasted i love it and uh when she like gets on his like on his back and then takes off that's where the cg kind of is like eh. like it's it looks kind of funny when she's riding the dragon. Can you admit mm. that a little, little green screen? That and also even even when Drogon first arrives and he's kind of doing like a circle of the Coliseum, it looks a little goofy. Yeah. But after that, like the dragon himself, when you get close up to him, looks fantastic. Yeah. Even all the action, like the fire and stuff, is great. So she gets on, and then I guess it's supposed to be a really triumphant moment for all them. And Tyrion's like even more in awe now that he's someone riding this dragon around in a circle. And just by the way, just takes off and leaves them there. <laughs> <laughs> yep which you're like what the like what the hell are you, the rest are just supposed to fend for themselves um i think at that, that point most of the sons of the harpy are either dead or you know running away from a dragon escaped. yeah yeah so at that point everyone's the, the, the battle's basically done but yeah no she just gets up and leaves and <clears throat> the uh, important not important thing to note i guess but like just something to keep in mind is that she's not really controlling joe yeah. you know he's flying she's just on his back okay. I mean, I guess later the idea is that you get some sort of control when you have, like, a saddle and stuff. Yeah. Okay. But she has to train her dragons. How, what did you What did you make of the, just in general, of the whole this whole gladiator-esque scene? 
I think they did a great job with almost everything in that scene. I'm surprised that Hisdar died like that. Oh yeah, we that should mention weird. that. Uh, yeah, he just kind of he just got stabbed and left to, like left to die. Um, yep. No one cared <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah, why would I, they? I guess no one really um, liked him anyway. You put something in the notes here about how Drogon recognizes friend and foe, but there were a couple little like shots of people who weren't masked that were just you know spectators that were also burning. I think he was kind of burning everybody that wasn't in, like close to Daenerys. Oh, okay. Uh, he's just a dragon an animal I, know, I, I didn't notice that I didn't notice that he was killing random people I just seemed like he just he knew exactly who to kill which I I mean like they, they are highly intelligent but there's no way for them to be that yeah. intelligent you know um, and okay so I think is, is there anything else we want to mention about uh, any particular individual scene before we just do an over, like a, an overall impression of the no, episode yeah we can wrap it up yeah okay um, so ultimately I didn't think this is a very good episode um that's so ridiculous to me. Even like, even with the whole dragon thing, which is really cool, and the Shireen stuff, which is pretty sad. I just didn't think, as a whole, it. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe this has something has to do with this is in episode nine, um, and I was expecting more, or that it came after last week's big um, like climactic battle, and I was this is more of a letdown. Um, and this is something I was I talked about before, like I was worried about this episode being not as. Um, not working as well as it as it as it could and it, it being a uh, underwhelming and i think it absolutely was underwhelming um i mean we got that cool dragon scene but it's hardly like it hardly it's hardly compares to what we got last week i'd say um especially um in terms of just like pure action and like the way it's done and the way it looks and like the way it's all put together um just wasn't as wasn't as tight for me there's a lot of like filler in this episode which i don't like in the ninth episode of a season of 10 episodes um Mm -hmm. i there's like i my i think of like that scene with the sand snakes being just like making me like like roll my eyes at the television um it's so weird that you take issue with that over like so many other scenes like that earlier in the show like not in this episode but in the in the series there's so many of those and this one wasn't like the worst culprit of that I, i just feel like it's but when we're talking about the end of a season it's to have a scene like that is like to me is just like not it shouldn't be happening that's just unacceptable (laughs) like you can't be putting that kind of stuff in the ninth episode of a 10 episode season you just can't it needs to be things need to be like really either fully ramped up here and then we're being let we're having like a little bit of letdown in the 10th episode or maybe and this is a theory that i have a bit is that um that we're gonna get a more traditional um, season finale than we have had in the past where usually typically the ninth episode is the big one um, although eight has been the big one in the last couple seasons like eighth episode was the episode with uh, last season with the viper dying right the, the mountain of yeah. Viper, yeah so the, it was called the way at the mountain but of the ninth episode last season was the battle of the wall yeah too, right? so I mean there was that was it like ramped up huge in that and then we had a little bit of letdown in episode 10 which is more traditional Game of Thrones but I think now moving away from the books I think maybe the show is moving to more traditional, um, like show telling, where you're going to have more of a cliffhangery style, tenth episode ending, um, than we've gotten in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's possible. I don't know. Which I'm fine with that. I'd love to see um, that. And uh, what else? I made a joke on on Twitter last night uh, about how if like if you're if it wasn't a song of ice and fire, it was a song of ice versus fire. That fire or ice is definitely winning this season, is at least in terms of like spectacle and like interesting plots <laughs> so um there's that um i don't know yeah That's fair. i don't know 
overall, I just I just didn't feel like it was it, it offered enough f- based on where it is and where we are in the story, uh, like where it is in the season and where we are in the story. Um, I just it, it was it was not. Uh, um, I said it doesn't have enough oomph um, for last, especially compared to last week. I guess yeah, your expectations were a bit too high. I don't know. I think it's kind of on par with last week's episode. Obviously, the stuff in the, uh, with John and the and the uh, the White Walkers was you know. The, the big, that would have been the episode nine moment. I could see that as the episode nine moment. But these past two episodes so, have both been on par for me. Yeah. So you and think I think these the 10th one will also be on par. So you think these are both 10s to you? Like the last episode was a 10? If last episode was I'd a 10, say they're both, they're both nines to me. Both okay. nines. Hard nine. There's, they're both, there's a little, there's a couple little things that I would like to see change, but like overall, they're still great episodes. I, I was on the edge of my seat this entire episode. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was not, I would maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just, time of day or whatever just i was not maybe i was not like i had this so many things like like i, I said like i thought braun might die and i was like oh shit i thought uh, i thought i could definitely see um jorah dying in the in the pits there yeah that would yeah. and then, like I, I knew the dragon was coming i could see the dragon just getting rid of jorah too yeah i don't i, I maybe you i think maybe you were like if you expect everyone to die all the time i guess you're like, there's a lot more tension on screen <laughs> I do, I don't I don't know well, that, that. The, the Shireen stuff all the stuff with Stannis and Shireen like that's that's the standout for me even though like Daenerys' story that's a huge change the Shireen stuff was the is the big one for me which I will mention doesn't happen in the books or at least hasn't happened yet and I I'm I'm worried I think that might be a spoiler for me like that might happen in the sixth book mm, okay different circumstances she stays at the wall in the books and stuff but I can see it happening and I can see that this is being what like I've talked about it before how like it's gonna get to the point that like you know the big big things aren't necessarily ruined but like even little things like that it's too much i'm going to read a chapter that is going to be hinting at shireen being burned and i'm going to already know what's going to happen you know what i mean yeah so i think let's uh we can wrap it up there um mm-hmm. make sure to follow us on twitter at tower Babblecast. uh subscribe and rate us on itunes a rating on itunes we haven't had many of those that'd be really awesome um and really helps us like in the the the, the rankings and stuff that'd be really great um Tell your friends. I mean, if you're if you're friends of a show, I, one of the guys said it earlier. How, um, in one of the comments about how he feels like he doesn't have a lot of people where he can uh, to talk to about the show. We love talking about the show, either whether through um, email or through Twitter or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you guys don't have a lot of friends to chat about with the show, you know, that's kind of like how this whole show started. It was just us talking about it, and we figured we might as well record it anyway. So, um, it's one of those weird things. I find like, you know. Pretty much everywhere I go in my in my like in both jobs and wherever else, there's always people that want to talk about this show or like you know what our other podcasts is about like video games, movies, and stuff. And like I don't get sick of talking about it. I, I you know like I don't. It's like bringing work home with you. I would I would if this was my job, I would never get sick of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it, man. If only right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, send us emails towerbabblepodcast at gmail dot com. Um check out the website that's got all of our stuff including our other podcast hoping to get out soon we recorded like three hours worth of content so God don't expect a three-hour podcast i'm going to put out some different pieces and uh hopefully it turns out well we have been having some technical issues i've been out here in uh rainy uh cayman islands they're going through like these tropical storms and like i guess not tropical storms they're not that strong but these these it just rains pours down rain every day um, muggy and hot and just the internet's been really crappy lately so our Skype connections haven't been great um, but uh, until then uh, until next week which is uh, season 5 episode 10 uh, Mother's Mercy 
This week's Game of Thrones cover is a flute cover performed by Bhavani. You can find her music on YouTube, but you can also find it at her website, bhavani.com.